Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yo, what's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Friday, May 20th, and this is a very special episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. I know you're used to hearing me on a Sunday. Um, I guess that is if you listen to the podcast as soon as it's released. But I know you're you're used to me releasing episodes on a Sunday, um, and you are still going to get an episode this Sunday, but Kendrick Lamar uh, released his album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, a week ago today, last Friday, um, and I've kind of been traveling uh, for vacation and also for work over the past two weeks, Um and it's pretty much the only thing I've been listening to. So I was like, yo, you know, I want to sit with the album for at least a week before I say anything about it. Um, and so I was like, all right, as soon as I get back <laughs> from this work trip, I'm going to record because I've been listening to it nonstop for the past week. I'm going to record uh, an episode about it. So that's what this is. So no song of the week. Um, none of that. Um, the press play segment, none of that in this episode, because there is an episode coming on Sunday. Uh, it's the finale of the Real Rhythm series uh, with my friend and co-host Brian from What's in the Box Office. We're going to uh, finish up the uh, five-part series we've been doing on the history of hip-hop and movies. Um, so that episode is dropping in a couple of days um, on Sunday. So there'll be a podcast newsletter with a song of the week, uh, press play segment, all of that uh, when that episode drops. This episode is all about Kendrick. Um, so 
I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to be right back with the Dig Deeper segment so we can jump into a discussion about the album. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. He says it on the first song, 1,855 days since he released a project, since Damn. A lot has been going on in Kendrick's life, and he really he really tells us about all of it. Um... I wanted to approach this discussion a little differently than I usually do. Usually when I do an album review, you know, sometimes I'll do a track by track analysis. Um, sometimes I'll contextualize the album, break it down by production, lyrics, themes. Sometimes I do both. But this time around, I just kind of wanted to talk about the album. You know, it's a Kendrick album, so there's always going to be a lot to uh, absorb a lot to take in and it's only been a week and I can guarantee you you know we've had a lot of Kendrick albums up to this point a week is not enough time to really understand what Kendrick is 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 putting out there is giving to us um this is Kendrick's last album with TDE and I suspect his last album period for a very long time. I wouldn't be surprised if he walked away from it all, especially after hearing the album. Um, so like I have all of my thoughts. I took a bunch of notes from like my first few listens, probably three to four full listens. And this was before I looked at any lyrics. Like these listens were strictly don't look at the lyrics, don't go to genius, don't, you know, go to Wikipedia to look up any information. Just listen to the album. So I took a bunch of notes from those listens. Um, you know, I just listened to enjoy what he gave us at face value. Then I dug in over the course of a few days. I started, you know, dissecting the lyrics, uh, like actually looking at the lyrics while I listened to the song to catch stuff that I might have missed, going on Genius to see what people are saying about the songs and the and the lyrics and what they think things mean. Um, and at that point, I had a lot more thoughts. And so I kind of just want to share my thoughts from both stages of those listening sessions, because look, I'm still amazed in discovering new things in Kendrick songs and albums from years ago. So six days is nowhere near enough time to understand this album or tell you what Kendrick means about anything. But this album is deep and it's heavy and there's a lot to take out of it, even from a cursory listen. So I just want to, you know, without doing a lot of analysis, I just want to talk to you about how I felt about the album. You know, this is probably the last album review on um, on the on this podcast um, and so I wanted to do it a little differently and it's fitting that Kendrick is, uh, Kendrick's going to be the last one that I talk about. Um, so off of my like first listens, sonically, 
there are elements of Kendrick from all of his previous albums in this one, like the different voices, the jazzy production coupled with unorthodox flows, the more melodic flows, the more like commercial sounds, the grittiness, the Pulitzer level thoughtful lyrics is all here. Um, I do think the production is on another level on this album. It's cinematic at times. It's so smooth. Uh, the producers take risks and Kendrick always seems in control of his flows, no matter what the production is doing. Uh, I thought the piano contributions were especially good on this album. Uh, two of the songs with the most listed features, which were Die Hard, which features Blast and Amanda Reefer, and then Purple Heart uh, with Summer Walker and Ghostface Killer, like they both perfectly function as the more radio-friendly songs on the album. And he's got a couple more on there as well. Um, but both Blast and Summer Walker, you know, kind of give Kendrick's vocals and the songs the support they need to be more melodic. Um, some things that stood out in those first listens, the the tap dancing that you can kind of hear, um, like before, after certain songs, I wasn't exactly sure, you know, what it meant or how it tied into the theme. Um, couldn't figure out a pattern what it might mean besides the fact that it was maybe being played when Kendrick was having a tough conversation or talking about something more serious. And I think with after I did my research, I think that might tie in a little bit more. Um, I think it's cool that Kendrick gave Kodak Black and Baby Keem feature slots on the album. Uh, I think they both stepped up to the occasion with each of their appearances. Um and if this is his last album, I think it means a lot that he gave them those spaces, especially when you consider that Drake did the same for him back in 2011. Uh, when Drake dropped Take Care, Kendrick had the Buried Alive interview on the uh, on that album where it was just Kendrick, you know, just like spitting and kind of talking about, you know, Drake giving him this opportunity and just like kind of introducing himself uh, to more people because like people Kendrick wasn't like unknown when he when he was featured on Take Care like I'm pretty sure Section 80 uh, came out before Take Care did but Good Kid Mad City hadn't come out like so like a lot of people didn't know Kendrick really like the underground people you know knew who Kendrick were but like that opportunity was really Drake introducing Kendrick to the mainstream. Um, and so it's kind of dope that Kendrick, especially with baby Keem, his cousin is really invested in him and giving him the best position to start from and giving him all of these like high profile opportunities. So I think that's dope. I think my favorite thing about the album in these first few listens was how open and honest Kendrick is being He's always been that, but he's exposing pieces of himself to us that he rarely has before. He mentions his fiance by name multiple times on this album. She and his kids are on the album cover. The kids are like speaking on the album. We know their names. He mentions them in songs, Uzi and Enoch. He delivers personal stories that cut deep and explores grief and trauma and relationships and money and love and more all in one. Um, song wise, I really like Rich Spirit. It's got a, such a great vibe. The hook is catchy. It reminds me a lot of the energy of a lot of Kendrick songs from Damn. 
Uh, Cow Me Out is an amazing song as well. It's like a Kanye-like production with a lot of background choruses and melodies and layered vocals and sounds. And I just feel like I've never heard Kendrick flow over a beat like that before, and he sounded really comfortable. But my absolute favorite song on the album through these first few listens was We Cry Together. This song starts with a Florence Welsh sample from Florence and the Machines. I think the song is called like June or something like that. I did not know that. This is this is the Ahmad from the <laughs> the research listens talking. I did not know that before I looked it up. Um, but then the beat after that sample, the beat dissolves into this dark, jazzy, disjointed production, and then Kendrick and Taylor Page let loose on each other in an emotional, aggressive argument played out over wax. The piano keys are almost performed like they're drunk, and there's also like a high vocal note being sung on loop in the background. Um, It kind of reminds me of um, A Tribe Called Quest, their song Lyrics to Go. They sampled uh, Minnie Ripperton just like holding an extended high note, um, and they looped that, and so it's just that that high note that's kind of like in the background of the song for lyrics to go. And this beat reminds me exactly of that. Um, It really adds to how chaotic the production sounds to match the like low blows that Taylor and Kendrick throw at each other. It's like a grimy classic Wu-Tang vibe. Taylor page is a clear standout and her character was eating Kendrick up (laughs) like the ad libs they both threw in while the other was talking made it that much more realistic and it made the world that they kind of crafted in this song that much more believable it was like audio theater you know what I mean Kendrick sounds freer on this album he mentions his peers by name more than he ever has on an album commenting on COVID the Drake Kanye beef But Kendrick is his most powerful when he lets us in and shares his personal life. On Auntie Diaries, he tells stories about his trans aunt and cousin and what it was like witnessing those transitions and how it changed the way he moved and thought about things. Its beauty is in its ability to see that change within the song. As Kendrick speaks on how the F word was used in his past, he uses it freely as he once used it with purpose. But by the end of the song, when Kendrick reflects on how much more enlightened he is compared to older versions of himself, he censors himself. Then you have Mother Eye Sober, where Kendrick tells a story about his mother and how she was sexually abused, how he handled the grief from his grandmother passing, how, you know, the the question uh, from his family members of whether uh, a cousin molested him how that affected him and his family Kendrick has always been a voice of the people but him sharing these personal stories opens up even more ways for people to see themselves in his art and Kendrick is thoughtful and wise enough to actually have something to say about these issues as well and I think his thoughtfulness is what makes his album so damn good and then there's Mirror, the final track, which honestly is a song that that made me think that, you know, this could be it. He could be hanging it up. You know, the recurring theme and hook of the song is Kendrick saying, I choose me. I'm sorry. And I originally interpreted this as Kendrick telling us that he's choosing to focus on his family and the future and that he's done with music for now. Um, but I was interested to dig in some more 
Um, but at this point, the album really sounded like Kendrick showcasing humanity and using his stories to show us his worldview before hanging it up for a while. Um, Good Kid, Mad City was Kendrick giving us an origin story. Uh, to Pivot Butterfly was more macro level with Kendrick speaking for and with black people as a whole. Damn was Kendrick speaking more about like his internal uh, struggles up to that point and struggling with fame. But this album shows us exactly where Kendrick is right now, flaws and all, inviting us into his mind to see what's driven him before and what drives him now. So those were kind of the notes and the, the things that I, I thought about just off of listening to the, the album like on repeat three to four times. But then I dug in and then some more things started to surface. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The, it seems like there's definitely a loose narrative that like each song on the album represents a therapy session. And every time we hear his wife Whitney's voice, she's playing the role of either like his conscience or his therapist uh in the 10th track which is the first song on the second disc because this is a double disc album uh one side i believe is mr morale once the other uh out uh, the other disc is big steppers or the big steppers um and i'm pretty sure disc one is the big steppers and disc two is mr morale especially because worldwide steppers is on disc one and mr morale the song is on disc two so it just makes sense but on count me out which is the 
10th track on the album and the first song on disc two. Whitney says session 10 breakthrough. This is the 10th track on the album. And so it's it's like, oh, is every single one of these songs like kind of Kendrick in therapy? And like maybe we are like Kendrick is is on the proverbial couch <laughs> talking to us, talking to Whitney, maybe if she's playing his therapist. And it, it really starts to make sense. Um, this is the point of the album where Kendrick gets even more introspective as well. After Count Me Out, where Whitney says breakthrough. So that makes even more sense. And it's possible that the first half of the album represents Kendrick before therapy or at the start of therapy. Because, you know, he's talking a lot more about his vices and how human he is and like... Uh, the the things and the struggles that he's he's fought within himself but once that breakthrough happens and we get the the mr morale uh part of the album that could represent kendrick after successful therapy or after that breakthrough kendrick is more open in touch with his feelings he's able to contextualize past traumas on the second half of the album something that's easier to do after therapy so it really makes sense Um, so I think that's really, that's really cool. Um, and it's, it's definitely a, a a deep concept that that makes sense for Kendrick. And it, it, I think rivals some of the, the deeper concepts he's attempted in the album. Kendrick has kind of been laid back observing the world over the past five years, the culture. And then he opened up to us on what he's experienced since we last heard from him. He shined a light on himself and society at large. And, you know, we've kind of labeled Kendrick as some sort of hood messiah ever since he came into the game, something he alludes to on the album cover uh, where he's wearing a crown of thorns. But Kendrick makes clear on this album that he's not our savior and that he's only human. And he suffered from some of the same issues also kind of referenced in the album cover where even though he's wearing that crown of thorns, he's got a gun tucked in his waist while he's holding his kid. You know what I mean? Um, so that those were some of the thoughts I had about what might be the bigger theme of the album and how Kendrick is kind of uh, playing that out. The more I listen to We Cry Together, the more I love it. The Alchemist is the primary producer on the song, so that definitely explains like the darker beat. The song is very much a modern-day version of Eminem's Kim with no violence and a more co-starring role for the woman in the song. The more I listen, the more I appreciate Taylor Page. We've seen her on screen as Zola in last year's movie, but this is now my favorite character of hers. I love that the song kind of fits that therapy narrative as well as both Kendrick and Taylor play characters who have quote-unquote tap danced around different conversations for too long and it's all coming to a head and they could probably use some therapy of their own you know what I mean um so it makes sense that that song is on the first half of the album like the more I listened to the album after I heard about that theory and about or, or reading And seeing that Whitney said Session 10 Breakthrough on that first song, the more it's like, I think that is exactly what's going on here. And if you just listen to the album with that lens of the fact that maybe the first half is Kendrick before he started therapy or as he's first going through therapy. And the second half is kind of after he's had a breakthrough and he's been able to open up more. It really makes a lot more sense. 
the more I listen to the album, the more I appreciate how open Kendrick is with us. I appreciate him being public with his feelings and his stories. I think about Auntie Diaries and what it means for homophobia and transphobia and hip hop. I can't think of a single time a rapper, especially of this magnitude, has supported the trans community in this way. Will it shift the way certain artists tell stories? Will it shift the way rappers talk about the LGBTQ community in their music? The fact that that's something we have to think about is an incredible accomplishment for a rapper in 2022. I think about Mother I Sober and how prevalent sexual assault is in the black community and the conversations that were opened by Kendrick sharing his stories and unpacking his trauma for the world. I think about the features on this album. Kodak Black rapped his ass off. Baby Keem rapped his ass off. We got a dope Ghostface killer verse. And everyone who sings and adds background vocals on the album plays their part perfectly. But I'd be remiss not to mention the things that make people think twice about the album to question some of Kendrick's decisions. Everything Kendrick does is intentional. So the fact that Kodak Black featured heavily on the album on like at least three tracks The fact that he took a plea deal on sexual assault charges and pled guilty to first degree assault and battery is not lost on me. Do I think his inclusion on the album is likely part of a larger statement Kendrick is making that ties in with part of the I'm only human and redemption themes that also appear in the album? Probably. Does that place the decision out of the realm of judgment? Not really. The more I listen to this album the more I think this is the best music that Kendrick has ever made. The production combined with his verses um, and flows, the song arrangements, it's the best he's delivered. It's so unique. It's like nothing else we've heard before. And Kendrick is like Kanye in that way. When he releases something, you know it'll be something you've never heard before, that he's going to take risks, that it's going to be out of the box. Like, it's art. I think this album has something for all types of Kendrick fans. And that's because the styles he employs in each of his albums, it's all here. But the more I listen to this album, the more I appreciate To Pimp a Butterfly. There is no Mr. Morale without To Pimp a Butterfly. The free jazz foundation this album is built on is reminiscent of To Pimp a Butterfly. If the this therapy session angle of the album is, is the angle, then that's one of the doper concepts he's employed in the album since To Pimp a Butterfly. The way Kendrick addressed the black community and his own hypocrisy on The Black or the Berry from that album is a clear foundation for some of the things he explores on this album. Kendrick is a true poet, and one of his truest gifts is his ability to tell gripping, honest, personal stories that feel so damn relatable. This album reminds me of Beyonce's Lemonade in the way that we learn so much about Kendrick's personal life for the first time. He has two kids now. His fiance left him at a certain point and maybe is still apart from him if you, you know, take what he says in Mother I Sober a certain way. Like Beyonce, Kendrick is an artist that reveals pieces of himself to us only when he's ready and how he wants to. You know, Kendrick did the work in order to break a generational curse for his kids so they can grow up with a father who unpacked his trauma, who did what he could not to pass it on to his kids, who did it for his family, breaking free of the hold that past trauma had on him. And it's a really beautiful sentiment. And Kendrick expertly executed it once again. As I took like one final listen uh, before recording this, I just wrote down random things that I loved about this album because there is so much in this album to really like and the more you listen to it the more you know you you start to understand and like things start to open up and you hear random things in the background of songs 
So like, here's just a list of some random things that I, I liked about the album. In the intro, Kendrick's flow over those fast-ass drums in United in Grief, the way the drums stop and start suddenly, so dope. The pianos throughout the entire album, I really felt that the keys were such a foundational instrument for this album. The way that Kendrick says this shit hard in N95 was dope. The way that Taylor Page claps when she says, I should have found a bigger dick. That was hilarious. That... (laughs) She is the MVP. She is the MVP, like, of anybody outside Kendrick. Taylor Page is the MVP of this album because she she really brought it and she really made everything so much more believable. Uh, Count Me Out is just a fantastic song in literally every aspect. Um, the hook of Rich Spirit is infectious and proof that Kendrick doesn't get the credit he deserves for making, like, popular, catchy music. The Silent Hill video game sample um, in that song is wavy. It's too dope. Baby Keem is making the absolute most of his opportunities. His verse is so damn good. And then like the last four songs from Anti-Diaries to Mr. Morale to Mother I Sober to Mirror. Heavy stuff in some of Kendrick's most introspective work yet. The album's cohesive. Uh, like it really it really flows even with the double discs and kind of like the switching tones at times it still really works he's got some lighter songs in there to balance out the heavy um he's rapping otherworldly like his verse in mother i sober specifically that final one is just like how how can anyone like make something like this and like the way the the way he has with words and the way that he can like craft art and music and songs is really really incredible and i think if if damn was worthy of a pulitzer then this album for sure um should be under that same consideration um and finally like while after these after some more listens and while I dug into it, while I no longer think Kendrick will never release an album again, I do think we get another album from Kendrick. But something about how at peace Kendrick sounds, how ready he sounds for a new phase in his life, how uncertain the next stage in his rap career sounds, it really makes me think after this tour this summer that we shouldn't expect an album from him until at least 2030, if then. Like, we thought this five years was something. Five years from now, I I would be very surprised if we had another Kendrick album. I think it's going to be closer to 10, if that. Like, <laughs> the pre-sale code for the tour was finale. So, <laughs> like, I think we should savor this album. Um, he chose himself and we're all better for it. Like what a generational talent. Like if this is the final album from Kendrick, he definitely went out with a bang and he, he went out in a way that really makes sense with how he's crafted his albums up until this point. Um, but if you just listen to that last song mirror and even just some, some tidbits that he sprinkles throughout the album, it really does sound like Kendrick is saying, look, I'm about to focus on my family. And so, you know, this is this is it. Now, I don't I don't think it's this is it. This is it like ever. Like we're never going to hear from Kendrick Lamar again. I think he's too he's too creative for that. He's going to have more to say, you know, years down the line. But 
I don't think it'll be soon. I think I think if you are a huge Kendrick Lamar fan, make sure you get out to this tour. I bought tickets today <laughs> to the to the Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers tour. So make sure make sure you get out to this tour because I don't know if we'll I don't know when we'll have another chance to like hear a new Kendrick Lamar album or see him tour. Um this is probably his first time touring since damn probably yeah since damn so this is gonna be a special one i'm excited that i'm gonna be in the building um this is friday so technically i mean the episode will be live before 10 a.m but you're probably listening to this after 10 a.m but general tickets for the tour go on sale friday today february 20 or february may 20th um on Ticketmaster. so go get you some tickets um but yeah so those are just my thoughts um i didn't really want to get into anything too crazy with like analyzing exactly what kendrick because i have no idea i'm gonna keep it a buck i have no idea i think that therapy angle makes the most sense and it has it has sustained that and like made the most sense after i've like continued to listen to the album through that lens i think i think this is this album is Kendrick's therapy and his therapy sessions and the things he's learned over the past five years and the things he's learned about himself and how much more open he has been able to be ever since he's had his own breakthroughs in that regard. I do think that is what this is. Um, and it's really good. I, I can't rank it like um, like with his other albums. It's way too early for that. But I will just looking at Metacritic... Um, and you know, actually I haven't looked at this since yesterday. So let me see if anything has changed. But when I looked at, uh, Metacritic, the album, okay. So it's gone down a little bit. The album is at an 89. When you look at the critic scores, which compared to his other albums, if you include untitled unmastered, as well as section 80 is one two three his fourth highest so all three of his uh like good kid mad city to pimp a butterfly and damn were all rated higher by the critics um than mr morale the fan score however is the highest out of all of his albums i was very surprised by that but fans have been like fans have been <laughs> going on metacritic and ranking and they've been ranking it high it's a 9.0 for um comparison his his highest album by the critics is to pimp a butterfly with a 96 that got an 8.9 um two of his albums have gotten 8.9 good kid mad city and to pimp a butterfly by the fans but mr morale is a 9.0 now it's early it's only been a week so that 9.0 is based off of fewer reviews than the other ones so as more people review on metacritic the opportunity for that score to go down uh for example when i looked at these numbers yesterday uh it was at a 9.1 by the fan score so you know as more people review you know it'll obviously average out but still a lot of people have reviewed like close to 1300 and it's at a 9.0 by the fans and 89 by the critics are still very good excuse me so 
the general consensus, I think, is that people walked away from this album fulfilled. There's obviously going to be those people from the Kendrick doesn't make music that slaps camp that are going to be like, no, nah, this album was mid. I've seen a few of that, a few of those on Twitter before. I just ignore them all because like the same way that those people always say don't nobody always want to like hear like listen to like deep albums like Kendrick doesn't make music that that like is like catchy like those people at that same coin people don't always want to hear something that's just like you know vapid and like materialistic and you know just just about you know, the sound, like sometimes people want to hear deep rap, you know what I mean? So you got, you got to look at it both ways. Um, and I do still think that Kendrick actually made, like there are a number of songs on this album that I just love to listen to because musically it sounds so good. Um, the two songs that I mentioned earlier, uh, Die Hard and Purple Heart, like, they're they're not like the deepest songs, but they're like mad catchy and they will get stuck in your head, especially um dang, what's the name of the song? Hold on, let me find it. There's there's this particular part of a song that's been stuck in my head like ever since the album came out. Yes. Okay, so it's Die Hard. Amanda Reefer, um, she has that part where she's like shimmy shimmy cocoa puff it's like in the it's like in the early beginning of the song it's it's kind of like the post chorus so it happens a couple times throughout die hard but it's so catchy and it's like very summery and it's like very light and uplifting and inner the energy it gives off it's like it, it's been stuck in my head all week but anyway i say all that to say that like kendrick contains multitudes and he obviously like knows how to craft hits like he's he's an amazing artist but anyway, this is a great album. I'm excited to get even more listens under my belt. I think I'm finally, I think, ready to allow myself to listen to something else because I have literally listened to just this for the past week on repeat. So I've probably got, man, I've probably got like close to 10 listens in, um, possibly more. I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm satisfied. Um I'm I'm very happy. I was I was a little worried. I was a little skeptical. I was like, man, I don't know what we're gonna get. I know it's gonna be great regardless, but like, what type of great is it gonna be? You know what I mean? Um, and Kendrick, he over he over delivered. I think I I really am gonna be keeping a close eye on the Pulitzer and the things they release this year because I think I think he has a good chance of getting another one. Um. All right, so that's it for the Dig Deeper segment. That's it for this episode. Like I said, I just wanted to have kind of like a quick in and out just to talk about the album, how I felt about it. Go listen to it. Go listen to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Get you some tickets to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers tour. It's in a bunch of cities this summer. Um, Let's have a good time. Um, So there are only two episodes remaining of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, this Sunday, uh, episode five of Real Rhythm, where Brian and I explore the history of hip hop 
in movies. Uh, we're going to have our finale episode where we talk about um, the different genres. We talk about what are some of the best hip-hop movies for each genre and which genres are kind of best for hip-hop movies. Um, so we're going to get into that conversation. And then the following week, but maybe a couple of weeks after, it depends on timing, uh, the finale episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox will air. Uh, it's the final stop on the farewell tour. My wife will join with a topic of her choosing, and that'll be that'll be the end of it. So I'm excited um, for these next uh, couple episodes. So yeah, tune in um, this Sunday for the end of the Real Rhythm series, and then the series finale. I'll post on Instagram about when that's gonna air, but it will be within the next couple of weeks, probably before the end of June. So or before the end of May. So I'm excited. Uh, thinking outside the boombox.com is the website. TOTB the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.